Washington's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ken. Islanders and Flames just getting underway in Calgary. No score late in the first between the Coyotes and Chicago. Early second period, Tampa Bay leading the Jets 2-1. Five minutes into the third, Panthers up 2-1 on Detroit. And four and a half minutes into the third, Predators and Capitals are in a 2-2 tie. Edmonton Oil Kings just getting started against Medicine Hat at Rogers Place. Oilers tomorrow against the Colorado Avalanche, which leads Lee to my next guest, he is one of the coolest people I know. He's the play-by-play voice for the Avalanche. It's Connor McGahey. Connor, welcome back to Edmonton. Right, th- thank you, Reed. We need to get you more people to know. If, uh, <laughs> if that's the case, we need to we need to get you a new list of, of friends and acquaintances. <laughs> well, you're, I, I'm glad you've become a friend and an acquaintance o- over the years. Uh, you're, you're a very kind oh, man. Me too. You're an excellent broadcaster, and I know you appreciate uh, our fair, fair city and the extra time you got to spend here uh, when the other when the weather was actually nice in May and it wasn't dark out at 5 p.m. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was nice. I, I didn't because we're, you're used to, to winter visits, and so to have it in the springtime was was a delightful change. You know, to see the, to see the river as the river was 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 quite nice. And I do I do like your fair city a lot. Everyone here is always gracious and, and kind, and it's uh, it's kind of a shame that we only come here one time this year. Uh, you, you, traveling is part of your job. It's it's not part of mine. Sometimes people say, do you, do, you, do you travel with the Oilers? And I say, no, I don't. And they say, do you wish that you did? And I'm kind of like, I, I don't know that I do because I, I don't know if I could spend about 40% of the season in airports and in, in hotel beds. For you as a play-by-play guy, uh, w- was that an adjustment? Was it smooth for you? And, of course, you know, you're away from loved ones and stuff. How have you adjusted to, to NHL travel over the years? Well, I mean, it, it is. Uh, it, it's nice for for those of us who, who get to accompany the team. Uh, that makes it very easy and about as as, as nice as it is to travel. Um, but it is. I mean, it's you're talking a hundred nights a year where you're uh, away from from home and family, and it's it's probably tougher on them than than it is you because you're you're on the road and and you have somebody making your bed for you and. And uh, all you have to do is focus on work when, when all the tough stuff is being focused on home. So I, I always say it's easy for us. It's tough for the, uh, you know, the wives and husbands and significant others and kids who are, who are left behind at, uh, at home. But uh, there's, uh, there's no better life than, than working in the National Hockey League. I'll, I'll say that every, every single day. So when you go to a city, and I know now you've been through the rotation yes. several times, but but you know you you, you got to eat. You might have an afternoon off or something like that. Will you kind of look up? Okay, this this is the it place. This is supposed to be the place to go. Everybody's talking about it. I'll go there. Or do you go up to the locals like me and say, hey, what's a place that doesn't get a lot of advertisement or isn't going to show up on any top ten lists, but is really, you know, an Edmonton, Nashville, New York, Miami, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, how do you approach that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not the uh, the in hip place type guy i'm not cool enough to be let into those places we have we have a neighborhood in denver called river north which uh, the kids call rhino 
Um, and very trendy with a lot of good restaurants and and I'm it's it's almost like they have a, a checkpoint to get in there and then check your coolness level and I I don't make the cut so when I'm, when I'm on the road I like to go to uh, to uh, the residents of that city that region and be like all right where should I go and uh, we, we've come to find some good spots over the years and I'm a creature of habit I, I find it hard to try new things sometimes so if I go to a place I I end up uh, eating at whatever establishment that is every time we go there so I'm trying to get out of that habit a little bit because uh, you know I'm I'm, I'm an extremely old soul inside this body here so I'm trying to I'm trying to try new things once in a while. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad you got a night here to spend in Edmonton, and thanks for uh, spending part of it here on Inside Sports because I felt like, oh, man, he's probably going to fly and he's going to need to go to eat, and I'm going to bug him to do the show. So thanks for doing this. Uh, oh, no, it's, I, you know, the blue plate special is mine. So dinner is complete. It's time for the, okay. the main event, <laughs> and that's Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. There you go. Perfect. And you, and you slid in where you went, so now everybody knows where you visited, which is perfect. <laughs> All right, so look, here, here's here's the storyline. These teams met last year uh, in the in the second last round of everything, so they went pretty far, and then the Avalanche went all the way and won the cup. And now we got tomorrow night's game. The Oilers have 44 points. They got a 550 points percentage. The Avalanche got 41 points. They got a 554 points percentage. They're waiting to see how Calgary does against the Islanders tonight, I suppose, and and then they go head to head tomorrow. Uh, give me the give me the ins and outs of the Avalanche. I know it's easy from afar to say, well, they've they've had some injuries, uh, but what's going on with this with this team that they're a little uh, lower down than they're used to be in the last two years? Yeah, I, I think some injuries has put it lightly because we haven't seen Gabe Landeskog all year. Um, we, we've missed uh, both Bo Byram and and Josh Manson for almost two months now. That's your second deep pair. Valerian uh, Nachushkin has been in and out. He had ankle surgery the, the Monday after we got back from Finland in early November. He came back, played a couple games, and it, it wasn't settling for him, and so he's taken some time back out again. And that's that's coming off uh, an off season where, frankly, he earned the extension that he got, eight by eight and a half, and, and it's that type of money that uh, that I think he, he has deserved and, and, frankly, was one of the better players on the ice all of last year. So you're missing him. You're missing your captain. You're missing your second D pair. Uh, you, you just got Darren Helm back for two games after he didn't start the season because of another off-season surgery. Evan Rodriguez, um, he's sort of bumped in and out as well. He got hurt against Vancouver about a month ago, and then the other night uh, didn't participate in the game versus Vegas. So the injuries are the story, which leads to the bigger problems, I think, and that's your your top guys playing more than than anybody else in the league right now, both forwards and defensemen. Kiel McCarr leads all players in time on ice. He had another 30-minute-plus night last night in Vancouver. Uh, and then you have your forwards of, of Miko Rantanen, uh, Nathan McKinnon, Arturi Lekkinen, and JT Confer really, really just almost, I don't want to say playing too much because it's necessary at the moment, but I, I think... The lack of other productive bodies has led to that high ice time and a little bit of fatigue, and I think that's part of the reason why the Avalanche are uh, on this five-game skit right now. 
Uh, so who are they going to get back? Like, is, is Landis Scott going to come back this year or like what's going on? Um, good question. But Jared Bednar said at the end of last week that he fully expects uh, both Gabe Landis and Bo Byram to return this year. A um, couple days before uh, we left for Vancouver, Josh Manson and Nachushkin were both on the ice individually before the group skated. Um, Pavel Fransos uh, and Evan Rodriguez have joined the team on this trip. Rodriguez participated in morning skate at Rogers Arena in Vancouver yesterday. Didn't play. He was on a red non-contact sweater, but uh, we'll see if he's a possibility for tomorrow versus the Oilers. Um, but I think the, the order of reappearance right now of of the four that are missing, I would think would be uh, Manson, Nachushkin, Byram, and then Landeskog in that order. So, uh, But Coach Bednar is saying that he fully expects uh, – uh, both Landeskog and Byram, uh, who wasn't his body wasn't responding to the treatment that he was given. It is now um, to to be back uh, before the regular season ends. Connor McGahee, play-by-play voice for the Colorado Avalanche, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Eight o'clock tomorrow night. Oilers and Avalanche at Rogers Place. Our coverage on six thirty. Chet starts with the face-off show at six thirty. I'm wondering the. The feeling with the Avalanche fan base is it, it like look, you mentioned all the troubles they're having. They they might not make the playoffs. I mean, then again, maybe they're going to go on a run and win thirty of their last forty games. I don't know, but like, is this a freebie? Are they are they okay with whatever happens this year, even if they miss? <laughs> well, it's uh, you know, it, there's so many jokes about Faust and the deal with the devil, right? And uh, to deal with the hockey gods, to, to, to win a cup, whatever that was. but And that's the, that's the nature of sports, isn't it? Is in order to win, you need all the breaks, you need all the health, you need all the luck, and you can't have all of those things every single year. But I think that fans are, I mean, they're not used to this, at the, you know, right now because in recent memory, you, you've won a Stanley Cup the year before that. You won a President's Trophy, um, both of which you were – talking about historic point totals and, and records in the National Hockey League. So they're not used to something like this right now. I mean, obviously there there was a time in between 2008, really, and 2018, a decade where you only made the playoffs twice and you didn't win any playoff series. And uh, I, I think that fans wanted to forget uh, that decade, but uh, – Look, there's, I don't think there would be any reason to, to think that you're going back because you have one of the best cores in the National Hockey League, and when you get some balance and some consistency in a lineup, that chemistry will come back. And I just think that uh, you're kind of uh, in the desert right now, but, you know, as uh, as we know, Moses led the Hebrews to the promised land eventually. So I, I think that uh, they'll come out of this, but it's just it's a rough patch that I don't think fans uh, – have been quite that used to uh, for a couple seasons now. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, I'm going to switch gears on you just quickly here. Uh, okay. How? Because I'm a Seahawks fan, so you know where I'm going with this. I couldn't oh, believe boy. that trade, and I know the Seahawks <laughs> still probably won't get in because the Packers control their own destiny. Um, yeah. Like, what's the attitude now about getting Russell Wilson, and they're like the third worst team in the league? It's been one of the strangest years um, 
for the Denver Broncos that I can remember. And I've been doing the public address for their games now for seven seasons, been around the team for almost 15, I think, uh, in different other capacities. But it's just been a bizarre year because I remember we were we were in Jersey when the trade was made. We're getting ready to to play the Devils, and I saw the tweets and and I saw the reaction of everyone saying, "Well, all we were was a, a star quarterback away from a playoff berth, and and there we say an AFC championship." But that combined with Nathaniel Hackett as a first-time head coach, now dismissed 15 games is, is all that he made it. And some some first-time hires inside the coaching staff as well. You're talking offensive coordinator. They didn't bring back Mike Munchak as an offensive line coach when he's had uh, head coaching experience, obviously, in the National Hockey League and, and really had one of the best uh, protection schemes out there. They, they ended up going with somebody else who... Uh, uh, Jerry Rosberg ended up firing when he took over as interim head coach. So that was part of the problem. Obviously, it's it's a year that we've never seen Russell Wilson have before. I mean, um, you would you would like this, Reed? I was at Super Bowl Forty Eight in New York when when the Seahawks beat the pants off the Broncos. My fantasy football team name for many a year was First Snap Disaster. Um, oh, but uh, but that's the Russell Wilson that we've been used to for for so long is is dominant, creative, um, and a playmaker. And I I just think there were so many other variables in and around the organization this year. You have new ownership coming in um, for the first time, and that's been solidified since since Pat Bowen passed away, the longtime owner, the creator of Sunday Night Football. Um, so I just think that there are so many. So many paths and, and, and strange things happening around that it was hard for the play on the field to be consistent. So I, I still think that this is an outlier year for Russell Wilson. I don't think uh, – and you can't give up on him because of the extension you've signed him to. But I, I just think that this is, this is the exception and not the rule and that with um, some – solidification in other areas of the organization and that especially is is true in the football side then russell wilson can go back to being russell wilson and the broncos uh can in fact be a playoff team once again you know where pat bullen spent uh part of his formative years right uh i i, I don't right here in edmonton baby Oh, that's right. Pat Boland played totally for the Edmonton Huskies that. junior football team. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Pat Boland, I've always said, was one of the greatest owners in sports history, period. I would agree. And with that. Yep. we got we got to experience it up front and he set a standard. He he loved his people, he cared about his people, and that was a big gap when uh, when he lost his battle with Alzheimer's, but uh but how about that? I totally forgot the Edmonton connection with with Pat Bowen. Tremendous. All right. This was a tremendous segment, as always. Enjoy the rest of your evening. I get to see you at the morning skate tomorrow, so that's going to be awesome. And this is going to be a, uh, a very interesting matchup between these two teams tomorrow <laughs> evening. So we will see how it goes, Connor. Thanks so much for checking in.
Reed, you're the best. I appreciate you having me on, and thanks to everyone for listening. I will see you tomorrow. There we go. Connor McGahey, the play-by-play voice for the Colorado Avalanche, called their championship back uh, in June. And uh, is he going to be calling playoff games this season? As he told you, the Avalanche are, are having a tough time and a lot, a lot of big names out of action. They might slowly get a few back, but that is, uh, has certainly been hindering them as they have moved along. All right. Uh, happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. We do have some open line time between now and uh, 8 o'clock. Maybe you want to talk about... I mean, how do you see the Oilers lineup going forward? I, I know it's only one game last night. They've been very up and down. Do you think they can put together a string here? Is it going to revolve around maybe a player like Costin, like Yamamoto, some of those support players starting to play uh, a little better and produce a little more? And has the ship really started to sail here? Maybe not just on Yessi Pugliarvi, but a guy like Warren Fogle uh, as well. Or you can just uh, call in and read me a poem, whatever you want to do. 780-496-0063. Back in a couple minutes. <laughs> Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right, our heart line is powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Ken has decided to call in tonight. Ken, thanks for listening. Go ahead. Hey, Reed, how are you? I'm okay. That's good. Hey, uh, just wanted to talk about uh, the Oiler defense. Uh, a lot of criticism lately with regards to their uh, turnovers and giveaways and things of that nature. Yes. And um, as a guy who coached a lot of minor hockey to, at a pretty decent level, um, I see Nurse um, and some of these other guys, they keep going to their backhand. <clears throat> and um, you know the the backhand tends to be a, a weak way to play. Uh, you don't know who's behind you. Um, the passes are not hard. Um, few people like Drysaitel can actually uh, make backhand passes and and do them with uh, with a degree of uh, competence and um, and knowing where they're going. And uh, they're they're just bad plays, and and then you see them, you know, they 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 make plays on their forehand, and they're skating through, and they can see where they're going and stuff like that, and they make good strong plays, and then they go and turn around and they try and make something on their backhand, and uh, it it just ends up being a weak giveaway play, and I think that's a huge problem for this group. You know, I, I'd never I'd never really thought about that, but I think that's an interesting observation. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. I, I would say this, Ken, and, and you've, you've probably heard me say this or Brownie say this, um, maybe that's just part of the bigger issue that sometimes the Oilers don't make the simplest play with the puck. You know, just just sometimes just get it to the next zone. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be a Picasso. Well, I guess his paintings were kind of funny. It does, but it doesn't have to be a masterpiece every time, right? Hundred percent, and you know, I mean, uh, a, a, a very clear illustration of this is uh, probably two, three weeks ago. Uh, Bouchard went and made a little backhand pass at the blue line there, and it turned into a goal. And every, everybody, uh, you know, roasted him for it. Yeah, he's had a tough season. I think probably a better game last night, though. Yeah. Did we lose you, Ken? We might have lost him. Okay. 
Well, I'll have to watch for that. Plays on the backhand when maybe they could make a more uh, direct or stronger play with the forehand. That was Ken at 780-496-0063. Uh, like I said, if you want to chime in, we definitely got time for you. The uh, Raptors, by the way, trailing the Knicks 87-78 with 10 and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. We'll give you your, your full NHL scoreboard and also let you know how the Oil Kings are doing.